you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm so thankful to have Brandon Lebowitz with us here today. And we're going to be talking about a topic that some people may consider, yeah. But to be honest, when you understand the power of SEO, search engine optimization, and you start to make it work for you, you are going to see amazing results. So Brandon helps small and medium-sized companies get ranked at the top of Google by using search engine optimization tactics and bringing in traffic via social media and paid ads. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Hi, thank you for having me on today. So, Brandon, just before we get into the good stuff today, I would love for you to just take a little bit of time and just share with us your story. How did you become an SEO optimizer? I just kind of fell into it. Wasn't planning on it, but got my degree in business marketing. And the first job I got out of school was helping a company out with their digital marketing. And I didn't really know much about digital marketing. And they said, don't worry, we don't know much either. We're going to learn alongside with you. We were taking like classes and workshops and seminars, which that was kind of interesting. So stuck it out and did that for a few months. And I was helping out with like their SEO, search engine optimization, doing social media marketing, helping out with email marketing, doing some paid ads and just realized that everyone's probably gonna have a website in the future. This is back in 2007 and there's a lot of different ways to get traffic, but I thought SEO was just a way to get free traffic and why spend money on paid ads when you could get up there for free. So over the years, I worked at different advertising agencies as a director of SEO and before work or after work on my lunch breaks, I would work on my own company and built it up to where I was able to eventually quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since. So what was the hard part in all of that? Because you, you said you were working a job and trying to build your business at the same time. No, it was tough to juggle both because it became a lot of work. Came working full time and then working even more after work and before work. But luckily what I did full time SEO was what I was doing on the side. So and I'll translate it over, but it does become a lot of work to juggle both. Did you ever kind of get discouraged in the journey? Cause obviously I, you know, from what I'm hearing, your goal was to have your own company, but did you find it hard at times because you were working on both at the same time? Yeah, definitely the time management was tricky trying to figure out how to allocate enough time to each company and making sure I have enough time to focus on my full-time job and then also making sure I have time to focus on my clients and make sure they're getting what they paid for and getting what they need. So just juggling both and that time management and just trying to stay organized helped me become very organized and really good with time management to make sure that I allocate time accordingly, trying to make to-do lists or prioritize what's the most important, focus on that, and then try to cross each one off off the list after that, but trying to focus on the more important things that way. You don't just get bogged down and overwhelmed with all the tasks that need to be done. 
Awesome. All right. Well, we're at the favorite part in the show here. So I want you to go into SEO and I might stop you in the middle, ask you a few questions, but I want to let you loose to talk about SEO and how it can help, you know, entrepreneurs and consultants and professionals and speakers and coaches, how it will help them build their business. SEO is search engine optimization, which means ranking websites in the different search engines, which is really just Google nowadays. And when you search on Google, there's paid ads at the top. Those are all paid. Every time you click on one of those ads, it could be a couple cents per click, could be a couple dollars per click, could be a couple hundred dollars per click. It gets pretty expensive. That's what SEO is all about, is getting you on those 10 websites that are listed on that first page of Google that aren't the paid ads and just trying to tap into that free traffic from Google. But now it's not just websites that rank. There's images that appear on Google. So optimizing all your images. If you have videos, videos sometimes appear in Google. So try to optimize those as well for your local business. Try to get you rank on Google Maps and try to just get, try to take that free real estate because there's a lot of free real estate that Google is offering. You just got to take advantage of it. Just trying to tap in that free traffic is going to be the best long-term strategy. It does take time, unfortunately. It's not immediate. It takes about six months or more or less, depending on how much SEO has been done to your website versus the competitors. Because what it comes down to is we're not trying to be Google. We don't care about Google because Google changes every single day. So it's kind of impossible to figure out what Google is looking for. But what matters is who's on that first page of Google for your keywords mm -hmm. and how much SEO have they done? Because I could see everything you're doing. You could see everything I'm doing. If you use the right tools and look in the right places, nothing's hidden. It's all there for you to just look at their strategies and try to incorporate them into your own website. Because if you see someone on that first page of Google, you can look at all their keywords and you can look at all their backlinks. And one by one, try to acquire those same backlinks and incorporate those keywords if they're relevant. You have to make sure you do keyword research to double check. You just just can't trust anybody just because they're ranked on that first page of Google. They might've gone lucky, but majority of the time they've done some research. Like if you're looking at like an Amazon target or Walmart, Costco, these big corporations, they're definitely spending a ton of money on keyword research and SEO. And you can look at all that without even going into coding. There's ways to look at all that stuff. Just searching on Google. You could search for your keywords. See who's on that first page of Google and look at that blue clickable link. That's where it's called the SEO title tag. That's where everyone puts their keywords. And that's where you can quickly spy on your competitors and see what keywords they're using. Are they using singular versions, plural, synonyms, other variations? And you could see all that right there, which is a nice thing. In the past, you need to know some coding. But nowadays, most of that stuff, you don't really need to know coding or HTML or anything like that. It's just knowing where to look in the right places. But unfortunately, when you put keywords on your website, Google doesn't care because they don't trust anything you put on your website without what are called links, other websites talking about you. So the more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google gives to you. And then they look at those keywords on your website, but it doesn't work the other way around. And a backlink is just a clickable link from another website that points to yours. So if you're reading the LA times and in there, it says Brandon Leibowitz and you click on it and it goes to my website, I'd be getting a backlink from the latimes.com. So the more websites that have clickable links that point to yours, it's kind of like a vote. Google looks at that as a trust signal and the more websites that vote for you or link to you, the more trust assigned to your website. And that's going to get them to rank you higher in the search results. But it's not the number of backlinks, which it used to be in the past. The more backlinks you had, the better. Now it's not the number of backlinks, but the number of quality backlinks. What is a quality backlink to Google? A quality backlink is a website that's related to you. So if you're a doctor and you're getting a backlink from a restaurant, that looks a little strange, but 
<laughs> and you're getting a backlink from like WebMD, that would make more sense. So it's all about mm -hmm. relevancy. The more related those backlinks are to your website, the more related your keywords are to what someone's searching on Google, the more likely that they're going to show you when someone searches. Kind of how mm -hmm. SEO works in a nutshell. There's a lot of other variables that go into it, but I always tell people SEO is like a puzzle. There's lots of pieces to that puzzle, but there's a few big pieces like adding good content to your website and all these other technical things. But mm -hmm. if you focus on the content and the backlinks, you'll definitely see an increase in your traffic and you can start working on all those other little tweaks and changes. But without those backlinks, nothing really matters to Google. So I wanted to step back for a second. So you were talking about not just like what's on your website, but things like images, videos, Google Maps. And I was I was thinking about the video part because obviously, like everyone knows, Google owns YouTube. So how important do you think it's going to be for that video content, especially moving forward? Everything is shifting towards video. People don't want to read articles or read blog posts or even look at images on social media. Everything is really mm -hmm. shifted towards video for the most part. So taking advantage and having a presence on YouTube is going to be great because Google owns YouTube. And the sooner you do that, the better, but it's not going to help you rank higher for SEO, but it is very, very important for marketing. Google mm -hmm. owns YouTube and they're going to promote YouTube as much as they can. When you search in Google mm -hmm. and videos appear, 90% of the time it's going to be YouTube because Google doesn't want to promote Facebook competitors or the other platforms, sometimes you'll see those videos in there, but the majority of the time it's YouTube because Google only wants to make money. So when you search on Google, if you don't click on an ad, Google's not making any money. But if you search on Google and then you click on a video, that's a YouTube video. The first thing that appears anytime you watch a YouTube video. So YouTube is making money, which is really Google making money. So they're going to promote that as much as I can. So I always tell people sooner and later, get a presence on there and don't hold back. It's Tough a little bit at the first, but just grab your phone. You can record with your cell phone. And nowadays, you get enough quality that will mm -hmm. start your channel off. And the sooner you do it, the easier it becomes. Something I had noticed, um, especially when I Google things, because I'm a crafter as a hobby. And when I ask a specific crafting question, it tends to send me to YouTube videos. And I notice now in YouTube videos that wherever, you know, what you've said occurs in a video, they actually take you to that point in the video. And one thing I've, I've been researching is the chapters, putting your chapters in your YouTube videos, because from what I've heard, Google is actually searching those now. So if you have a YouTube video on something and your chapter is keyworded, right? So you got to make sure it's appropriate and, and not boring chapter titles. But if, if they're keyworded properly, Google's actually now showing those videos and not, and they don't even have to be new videos. Some of the videos that are coming up, you know, especially in the crafting, cause it's, it's evergreen, you know, could be from like 2015. So, you know, for me, I'm thinking videos is essentially important, but if you're going to do these videos, you can't just put them up on YouTube. You, you have to, in a sense, keyword them and make sure they're tagged properly and, and all those thoughts things. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you got to make sure you upload the video with a keyword rich file name. So with images or videos or podcasts or anything that you upload, Google can't read any of that stuff. They rely on text. So anything that's not text, they're not going to be able to read it. So before you upload that stuff, you want to make sure your file name is descriptive. Don't just name it image001.jpg or video1.mp4. That's not going to do anything. You got to name it with descriptive words before you upload it. Then once you upload it to whatever platform, the title is really the most important place to put as many keywords as possible without repeating yourself. You get about 60 characters to squeeze in as many keywords without going over. After you go over, 
most of the platforms ignore that, but 60 characters is kind of that sweet spot. And don't repeat yourself. Do the keyword research using tools like the Google Keyword Planner or look at your competitors' keywords and get ideas based off that of what keywords you want to incorporate. Transcribe that video because they can't read images. They can't understand audio. They're getting, but if it's a really long video, like if it's a hour long podcast, it might be tough to transcribe the whole thing. So then you could do what you were talking about is timestamp it and have those chapters broken up. So it's not hundreds of pages of text where you're transcribing this long video, but instead you're just giving the timestamps and little places where they can just jump to that really quickly because the more content you have in the description, the easier it is for the every platform, YouTube or Facebook video or whatever it is, IGTV, it's easier than for them to read and understand and know what this video is actually about. If you don't transcribe it, they're going to try to do it themselves, which they're getting better at it, but they're still not perfect. Like if you upload a video to YouTube, it'll try to transcribe it, but it's not hundred percent. You still need to fix it a lot. So they're getting closer. Hopefully in a few years, they'll have it done where you don't have to worry about this. But for now, you got to spoon feed them and give them as much information as possible. The more text you give them, the better. Right now, the search engines feed off text, images, mm -hmm. videos, audio, it's tricky. They're getting closer, but it's not there yet. So something I was wondering about, Brandon, especially in terms of, you know, SEO, would it be beneficial to have an amount of content that has similar keywords to it? Like, you know, so like we talk about authority marketing, is it beneficial, let's say for me to have, you know, lots of content that's keyword to authority marketing? Is it better off to just have one or two pieces like, you know, how, how do you work on that? Cause obviously you want to get backlinks. That's important. But sometimes as a new person, you, you don't know how to get backlinks. And sometimes that's better to leave to, to professionals, but content wise, let's talk about that a bit. Cause that's definitely an area that the audience can work on. You know, how do you create that content that attracts Google? You just don't want to do what you said. You don't want to put the same keywords for each piece of content because then you become your own competitor and actually cannibalizing your results. So what you want to do is have one major article or blog or whatever post that you want to have on your website about that topic. Then you can have a bunch of supporting articles or blogs, but they shouldn't target the same keyword. They should target variations, synonyms, long tail variations, or other ones, because if you're just targeting the same keyword, Google's going to get confused and they're going to see 10 pages that target the same keyword. They're not going to know which one to show. So now you become your own competitor and you only get one tenth of that SEO value versus having one big article that has all the information about it. And then you have all these other supporting articles that link to it. So interlinking, because the way you interlink your website is very important to Google. Getting backlinks to your own website is important, but the way you interlink your pages, your blog posts, all that stuff really helps Google read, understand, and know your site hierarchy and structure. And you got to make sure you interlink them to relevant pages. Like if you're writing a blog post, you need to link that blog post to a service page or a product page, mm -hmm. whatever if you're selling e-commerce or selling services, but you also need to link it to other blog posts that are related to it. So it's a topical relevancy. And that's really important for your site structure. You have maybe, like you said, authority marketing is one article you have, and then you have 10 articles that support it and link to it, not targeting the same keywords. Then you could have another article about social media marketing. And then you have 10 articles that talk about social media. Like maybe one article is talking about Instagram. Another one could talk about Facebook, mm -hmm. could be about YouTube and Twitter, but they all link to that main one. So help Google just better read and tap into more long tail variation keywords. That is awesome. 
So I saw something recently, and I don't know if YouTube's going to do it or not, but I'm just curious if you've heard anything about it. I heard that YouTube has hired someone very high up in the podcasting community to look at adding podcasts to YouTube. And obviously, as a podcaster, that kind of grabbed my attention. Have you heard anything about that yet? No, I'm not too sure, but it'll be interesting to see what they do. I know a lot of people throw their podcasts up there already, so and Google has their own Google podcasting platform. So mm -hmm. we'll have to see if they just incorporate that into YouTube or how that works. Should be pretty interesting because I know Google already has something, but maybe they'll make something new for YouTube. Google podcasts aren't the most popular. A lot of people listening to other ways. Yeah. Well, the author to authority is on Google podcasts. Well, we're on all the major podcast apps. I'm watching that one carefully because if they do something in that way, I want to be one of those early adopters. Like I want to get in at the beginning, you know, when if and when they start to do something, you know, podcast video wise, I want to be ready for it and just hop in with both feet. Because I find if you can get in sometimes at the beginning of something and you stick with it during its growing stages, then you reap the most benefit. Definitely. As long as it doesn't become Google Plus, because building my Google Plus profile up and got to like 100,000 followers and spent so much time and effort on it, just thinking the same thing. And unfortunately, it's probably... I mean, once there's a market, it's tough. Like Google is trying to tap into all these different markets and they can do that, but some of these are saturated. Like getting into social media, very, very tough. Getting into podcasting, I feel like they got a lot of competition, especially after they kick all these people off their platform and they go to like Spotify or other platforms. So mm -hmm. I don't know if YouTube is actually going to be able to do that the best because they censor so much compared to other platforms and kick a lot of people off for things. That's one thing about social is you don't own any of that stuff. They could take you down anytime and you're just gone. That's why I always tell people, like, focus on your own website. That's number one. Getting all these other platforms is good, but that's just to get more traffic to your website because ultimately, like, yeah. what happened with Google+, Plus, I spent all this time building it up, building it up, building it up, and then they delete it. And then all that time and effort just wasted. So now I still want to tap into new stuff, but try to maybe pick a juice because I don't want to go all in like I did last time and, spend so much time and effort building it up only to find out it's going to be gone because with Google, you think it's going to be around, but people don't really like Google. Some people do, but not a lot of people like Google, especially with all this stuff with privacy issues going on nowadays that they're not too happy. Like they used to be 10, 15 years ago where like, Oh, Google's the best. It'll be the best results. Now it's what are they really doing behind the scenes back there? But getting a head start on anything is always great, especially for social, because that's how you get it, the growth and get the actual visibility. But as long as it lasts, that's number one. Well, the, here, here's the conundrum I see. If you don't get in at the beginning, then you're playing catch up. Like I found that I, I stopped using Clubhouse, but um, because I was an Android user, by the time I got on Clubhouse, there was already so many like super influencers. It was very hard to get traction on Clubhouse because I didn't, I wasn't able to get in at the beginning because they were punishing Android people. But, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things that you have, you're taking a chance on it, right? Like there, there's no guarantees and yeah, it could, it could fail, it could fall, it could, it could flounder. But I think sometimes, you know, it's, it can be worth the risk. So Brandon, if people have been listening today and they've been, you know, listening to this, watching this on the live or on YouTube, and they're going, I need to learn more about SEO. I need Brandon's help. How can people connect with you? So everyone that's listening or watching, I created a special gift for them. If they go to my website at seooptimizers.com, 
That's S-E-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. And they can find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years. I've thrown up for free. So if you want to see step-by-step how to do a lot of stuff that we talked about, like the YouTube video marketing, I have a video about that. They can see step-by-step how to do that all for free. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar, I'm happy to check out their website from an SEO point of view and give them some free feedback. So if they want to book some time for free on my calendar, they could do that as well there. That is awesome, Brandon. Thank you so much. Do you have any one last word of advice before we shut down for today? I'll just focus on the content is so very important. So make sure you put good quality content out. That's what Google rewards and all these platforms reward is good original content. So don't worry about all these like little technical nuances. As long as you provide good content, good quality content, people are going to find it and it might take some time. It's not immediate, all this organic stuff. It takes some time. Sometimes you go viral, but most of the time it takes time to build it and build it and build it and build it. But over time, you'll see those numbers going up and everything going up, but just be patient with it. Don't get discouraged if you're not seeing that immediate results. It does take time, but over time, you'll see and reap those rewards that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Brandon. This has been Kim Thompson-Pinder and Brandon Lebowitz on the Author to Authority podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you share it out. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, as well, can I ask you a favor, especially if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, would you be willing to leave me a review? Reviews are so important because when people check out the Author to Authority podcast, they want to know, is it valuable? Is it something that people are enjoying? So could you take a minute or two and just leave us a review? Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.